Well, hello and welcome to the A Wife Like Me podcast. I'm your friend and host, Amanda Davison, and I'm so glad that you are with us today for an all new episode. We sit down and talk with Todd Webb on today's episode. He is a Christian counselor in Washington, and he brings such an amazing angle into the topic of betrayal and infidelity, and I know you're going to really appreciate it. He doesn't just topically address it, but he dives deep into it and really gets to the heart, really underlying why infidelity and betrayal happens. We talk a lot about fidelity and what that looks like. And it's wow, like this conversation, I think might be my favorite in the whole series, potentially, but I'm not done recording all them. So stay tuned, but it's such a good one. And so I know you're going to find so much um, wisdom and hopefully healing and encouragement in this, in this episode, because he's sitting down with couples day in and day out, helping them walk through infidelity and or betrayal and so his perspective is so rich and needed in this series so enjoy and i just want to remind you that if you want to help us if you want to link arms to help couples across the globe build strong healthy marriages through christ please click the link below to join that fight with us there are so many voices attempting to steal kill and destroy families across the globe and we are working actively but we need your help to be able to grow our resources expand what we're already doing so click the link below and help help us to be able to bring resources and expand the resources we have to everyone that needs it so thank you for that let's dive into this topic now with todd webb hey everyone welcome back for an all-new episode of the wife like me podcast um, we are continuing our topic, our series. In, um, we're talking about betrayal and infidelity. And we, as you know, we're hoping to gain a really full picture of the different types of betrayal, what infidelity c- has looked like, can look like, um, to really help us walk through that process. If you find yourself in that process, or maybe even just avoid that process altogether, that's what we're doing in this series. And today we uh, we welcome our new friend Todd with us. Todd, you are a counselor, and you are with couples day in and day out, and individuals helping them navigate the very painful process of betrayal and infidelity. So welcome to a wife like me. Uh, you had never heard of us before. And so (laughs) I just, yeah. And so I'm so grateful that you're willing to spend your time, um, minimal free time that you have with us to just pour into us and help marriages become healthier and whole through Christ. So welcome Todd. Thank you so much. Yeah. Why don't you just give us a little background of yourself before we get into this topic? (laughs) little background on myself here. I'll try to give you the Cliff Notes version as best as I can. So I'm one that, uh, yes, I'm a Christian counselor. Um, I operate um, the, on the north end of Whidbey Island in a small town uh, called Oak Harbor here. And um, so I've been here for uh, since 1999 or so, uh, my wife and uh, my three boys now. So we've ma- I've been married here for, uh, for 28 years. And, uh, so I have a small private practice, uh, here. 
And uh, this is a subject that is one that absolutely um, is something that I see quite a lot here. Because uh, anyone who's familiar with our area up here in Oak Harbor, uh, Naval Air Station would be, NAS would be is right here. And so <laughs> that is something that I see, unfortunately, quite a lot, uh, for sure. So. Uh, so I'm a born again believer and grew up in church, um, but I didn't really come to faith in Christ until I was 20 years old. I had, um, you know, an amazing encounter with the Lord and, um, and that's a whole, that's a whole nother story. Um, but, uh, you know, he, uh, yeah, he, uh, changed my heart and, and set me on this path here, which has been kind of a long circuitous route as, as the Lord often, uh, often you know puts us on here so yeah so uh <clears throat> anyway well that's great and then what state are you in so that if anyone is watching listening and wants to get help what state are you um licensed in i'm licensed in washington state washington, <clears throat> washington state yeah, which yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people kind of think of us as like uh you know southeast alaska or something like way out there yeah we're we are, uh, you know, kind of uh, out here on the, on the left coast out here. And, and yeah. Well, that's great. And thank you for the work that you do. It's so needed, um, as you know. So why don't you, you know, you're, you're helping people day in and day out deal with the realities uh, of betrayal yes. and infidelity. Would you mind, however you want, I'd love for you to help define betrayal and then infidelity. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and um, I mean, that's a, that's a subject I, uh, you know, taking a look at that. So I'll take betrayal and infidelity kind of both. And, you know, as a good, uh, you know, well-trained, uh, you know, counselor, I went to, first of all, you got a good definition. I went to Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, of course. So. We take a look at that. We can notice that it's, uh, according to Merriam-Webster's, we take a look at betrayal. It's defined as a violation, really, of someone's trust, their confidence, or a moral standard. Okay. And then I was kind of thinking about, you know, these things and about infidelity, of course, and just wondering, okay, what about fidelity? So, which infidelity is the opposite of that? So, Merriam-Webster's then defines that as the quality or state of being faithful. So really, when you're taking a look at those two things, they're really related. They're really related. And specifically, when we're taking a look at, uh, when we're taking a look at this, you know, related to marriage, um, honestly, for me, from a Christian counselor's standpoint, it may sound strange, but where I'm going to step back and, and take a look at this is, is where this is rooted in. Okay. So we, of course, we know from from our bibles in genesis uh 1 26 and 27 that that god created us in his image you know in his image uh male and female he created them okay so if we go right to the word take a look at exodus and it may sound like a strange place to start but we take a look right at the ten commandments what does god say right off the bat right off the, the bat in exodus 20 Verse two, he starts off by saying, I'm the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. So notice that 
then he says that he is the Lord, our God. Okay. And he says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or in earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. That's interesting. Punishing the, the children of the sins of the father for the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, showing love in a thousand generations to those who love me, keep my commandments. And so, I mean, some of the listeners might be looking at that saying, well, that's kind of a weird place to start. Not really. Not really. So if we're actually created in the image of God, this is a perfect place to start. Because you notice what God says, and he's very consistent throughout his word. I am the Lord your God. I'm a jealous God. And in fact, in, uh, further on, you know, it says that I, Lord, my name is jealous. Well, how in the world could that be? Well, God doesn't want us to share us with anyone. He doesn't want to share our worship with Baal or Asherah or any, any of these other gods at all. Okay. And he doesn't want us to have anything that gets in the way of that. Our relationship with the Lord is central. It is primary. And that is reflected in the marriage relationship. And it isn't interesting that, that we see that uh, when, when we have marriage and we have our, you know, a wedding ceremony, we promise and covenant Lord, to each other to have eyes only for each other, to be faithful in marriage. And so this is exactly where that's rooted in. Yeah, that's good. I'm thinking, you know, we, we prom, we make the promise of fidelity. Absolutely. You know, in that is marriage. Right. Marriage represents our fidelity. Well, our, yeah. In fact, take a look at really, um, if we want to kind of really understand this, take a look at what Jesus says. And Jesus, in Matthew 19, the Pharisees come to Jesus and they want to know, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? And what is it he says to them? He says, have you not read that, <clears throat> that at the beginning, that, that the Lord um, created the male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. He points right back to Genesis, Genesis 2 uh, specifically. And this is the definition then that Jesus points to the Pharisees at. And he says, then, when God is joined together, let man not separate. And if we take a look at that whole passage there, <clears throat> we see, then the Lord God, so Genesis 2, speaking up, pick up a verse 22, okay? The Lord God said, uh, the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, ah, this is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman for he's taking out a man, okay? <clears throat> and for this reason, then a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, and they'll become one flesh. And the man and his wife are both naked, and they felt no shame. 
And it's really interesting there at the beginning, you see that real unity that they had. They're both naked. And I believe that that went far beyond simple physical nakedness. Now, emotional, spiritual, think about what that would be like to have, you know, no sin and be united. I think it's incredible to think about that. Okay. And then after then, of course, sin enters into the world. Of course, we know the very first thing that they do then, the very first thing that they do in Genesis, you know, three, seven, eight, the eyes of them are open, they realize they're naked, and then they sew fig leaves together and they cover themselves. They hide from themselves, they hide from each other, and they hide from God. Yeah. So here's what I'm thinking about when I'm listening. I'm just thinking, is it, would you say, so I've never thought of it like this because fidelity is the state of being faithful. Yes. Okay. So then, and I wrote down unity equals fidelity. And then I wrote with a question mark, anytime there is secrecy, or hiding, same thing, essentially, there is infidelity. Would you, uh, would you agree with that? Well, because there is unfaithfulness. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's really interesting, kind of on that theme, take a look what Jesus himself says. You know, we all know, you know, Matthew 3.16, most people do, right? But do we read, but how many of us have, you know, actually read through our Bibles and read through what, what Jesus kind of says after that? How about picking up in verse 19? This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what has been done has been done through God. A big theme, which is very consistent, and we see this with evil, and don't we see this in our world today, that those who are doing evil, they want to hide. They absolutely have to hide their deeds. And so... uh Coming into the light is where we find healing, is where we find wholeness, because our natural nature wants to hide. That's what we want to do. And by the way, that's a big thing that I deal with in counseling when I'm dealing with couples, both with the men uh, as well as with the wives. And so it's, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. I mean, that brings me to like, I'm just like trying to fight back the tears because I think of the thing we want the most is healing. Yes. Right. Whether it's ourselves individually, our marriage as a whole. So the thing we want the most is that freedom in healing to be genuinely transparently ourselves and loved as we are and getting rid of the things that we know ought not be there. Absolutely. Right. And yet our, that 
thank you for sharing that starting in Matthew um, 3.19 because we then, we have to understand our sinful nature. The enemy drives us toward this place of hiding though and not wanting to be exposed, even though we know logically through God's word, truth that that isn't what's going to bring healing and freedom so we have to know for ourselves when we are deceived we don't want to be exposed yet the exposure is the he is what will bring the healing so how frustrating it is (laughs) to be in a relationship when there is one person who does not want to be exposed and to to come into and bring everything into the light. Right. So on that note, how, what are the essentials? Would you say, because here's, here's yeah, here's what happens a lot in, you know, on my side of things, when wives come to me for help, they're the, the, the most frustrating thing about being married but then I even tell this to our kids, right? We've got a 14 year old ninth grader. It's like you, the most frustrating thing about being in relationship with anyone is that you cannot force the other person to do anything. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, share with us if you have any, like what are the things that have to be present for a couple to be able to move forward and, and start healing after there's been any type of betrayal or infidelity well yeah i i can i can definitely share uh that as um you know as as one who works with a lot of couples you know from the church and kind of uh you know in and around the church um i would say definitely number one uh is and 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 this is honestly something that people need to really kind of sit back and reflect on, you know, those who would name the name of Christ. Is God honestly the number one love in your life? Is he? You know, what did Jesus say the two greatest commandments are? And everything hinges upon it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then the next one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So is God the number one love in your life? Is he? And that's really central. There's a lot of people who think that, that that's true, but if they really examine their lives and the things that they give attention to, can I really say that God is my number one love? Mm. You know, maybe, maybe it's something else. You know, maybe it's my kids. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, I, I volunteer for, you can even be this wonderful ministry or that, uh, you know, I give my time and all that to a school. Those are all wonderful things. But, you know, what is it the number one love of your life? And when I find a lot of people who, who walk through infidelity, who have these kind of issues, what you'll find, honestly, as I work through it, you'll find an inversion of priorities in their lives. You find out what the really their rule God really truly is. And so honestly, one of the big things that I kind of look for is 
hum, uh, humility. Yeah. Do they have humility and a willing heart? You know, and, and this is a big one here. Um, and it's been co-opted by our, uh, uh, by a lot of secular feminists. It's become a dirty word, but I'm reclaiming it. And I do it every day with my practice submission. You have a submissive heart. And there's a lot that I have, especially in this region, who will push back on that. And I say, wait a minute, look, I'll take it right to the Gospels themselves. And I'll take a look and I'll show them passages like Matthew chapter 20. And in uh, Matthew 20, starting at verse 20, uh, the mother of Zebedee's uh, sons, this is James and John. She comes to Jesus and says uh, that she wants something of him. What is it you want from me? Granted, these sons of mine, one can sit on your left, one at your right, you know, and, and when you come into your kingdom. He says, you don't know what you're asking, you know. And of course, then when the others, the rest of the 10, they hear about this, they're indignant, they're upset with themselves. Why? Because in Jewish culture, of course, there's, it's kind of, there's this natural uh, fighting for status. Okay, there's naturalists fighting for status. They're all trying to, uh, to, to kind of one up one another. And Jesus puts a stop to that. He says, no. And he says, whoever wishes to become great in the kingdom must be the slave of all. He says, it's, it's the, the Gentiles of the world, the rules of the Gentiles that lord it over you. And that's our world system. That's what we see. It is not so with you. Whoever wishes to become great must become your servant must become the slave of all. And he says, just as the son of man did not come to uh, be served, but to serve and yeah. to give his life as a ransom for many. And he demonstrates that over and over again. You know, in John chapter 13, before he goes to the cross, he's washing his disciples' feet. And one of the passages that I love to highlight with people, a lot of people who are really, uh, you know, big servants in our church, when he comes to Peter, he says, Lord, are you, are you going to wash my feet? He says, you don't realize what I'm doing now, but later you're going to realize. And then he goes, no, 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 you're never going to wash my feet. I think Peter couldn't receive. That's how I look at that passage. So he couldn't receive that. Lord, I'll love you. I'll do anything, everything possible for you, but I can't receive. And what is the response back to him? Unless you receive from me, you have no part with me, Peter. He gets it. He gets it. So submission is the real key. Submission both ways. And yeah. biblically, of course, the passage that a lot of us Christian counselors rely upon there is that Ephesians 5 passage, 21 to 33. And, Funny though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the, the, the passage that often... Uh, you know, rather than just kind of get off the top of my head, I'll go ahead and read this here. The one that really, it, it has been beat over the head of so many, uh, unfortunately, wives. Wives submit to your husbands right. as to the Lord. For the husband's the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, which he is the Savior. Now, as the Christ church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to their husbands and everything. Well, true. However, almost never do I hear people start at 21. Yes, which says yeah. submit to, to one, one another, another out of reverence, out of reverence for, Christ. for Christ. Correct. <laughs> yes. 
And then chapter, and then 25 and the rest of that patch is two thirds of it is to the husbands. Husbands love your wives as Christ love the church. And I'll have to stop people. <laughs> My husband say, look, just pause on that. What's he saying? How did Christ love the church? Oh, yeah. He went to the cross for the church. Yeah. Love your wife like that. Yeah. Love her just like that. Yeah. So they've got to have a heart of submission. Got to have a heart of humility and a willingness then to let go of bitterness and a right for vengeance for sure. Cause it's so easy when you've been betrayed, you know, to want to fight for your rights. And I have plenty, you know, who want to do that. And by the way, I've worked with people who both, uh, husbands and wives who have been unfaithful. I've worked with yeah. both in my practice. I have, I have both. And the thing that a lot of people don't want to look at, and this is really hard, um, because they'll push back and they'll say, well, you know, look, you're looking to blame me, you're, you know, the, the, the offended against spouse. You're looking to blame me. You're looking to blame me, you know, for, for being offended against. I'm like, wait a second. We also have to step back and also ask the question, like, why the infidelity? Why yeah. did this become an, why did this even become an, an, uh, an option? Yeah. He or she reacted to something. Yeah. He or she reacted to something. This is the part we don't like to look at. Mm -hmm. But again, I take it, I take it right back to Jesus' own words. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? You pay no attention to the beam in your own, you know, not. How can you say to your brother, let me take this back out of the, out of your own eye when all the time there's a beam in your own eye? We don't yeah. want to look at our own beam. That's our yeah. human nature. Our human nature is to do exactly what Adam and Eve did. Hide. Hide. Exactly. And when God yeah. comes to, God comes to them, God comes to Adam. What is it you've done? Uh, well, God, the woman, she, that, the woman that you gave me, God, she yeah. gave me this fruit and I ate it, which is ouch. Yeah. God, it's her fault. And by the way, it's also your fault because you made her for me. Right. Ow. <laughs> right. Look out for the lightning bolt there. Yeah. And then he comes to her. What is it that you've done? Well, she does the same thing. Yeah. Well, oh, the serpent, he tempted me and I ate. Yeah. Okay. It's the serpent's fault. It's not my responsibility. And by the way, God, you actually made the serpent. So it's really your fault too. Right. So. That yeah. is so human nature is to do exactly that. And yeah. as long as people are always putting the finger out, and that's the problem that I see oftentimes it happens when I, when I come into a counseling session. And the reason why a lot of people will maybe come to a session or maybe two and then they don't come back is an unwillingness to do exactly that. Or they'll feel mm -hmm. like he's saying that it's all my fault or. You know, uh, mm. or maybe that's a kind of allowed to be like all one person's fault. Yeah. And that's so good. I think like there's never, you know, we say here often, nothing ever justifies an affair. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And at the same time, there's such a beauty in being able to own our part in anything. Right. So um, there's always like, we, you know, I say there's nothing ever justifies an affair and yet we can learn a lot about what has led to that point. Right. So 
So what, what, there's always something we can learn. So, you know, I think when, how beautiful could it be if when Jesus or when God comes to Adam and Eve, when he comes to us and says like, where were you? What, like what happened? If I can just imagine like how scripture would be so, I mean, it's not, but like, how cool would it be to see like, whoa, Lord, like, forgive me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in our marriages, how, how quickly that can heal a heart. And um, yeah, we, that's like, Lord, help us to have that posture in hard things. <laughs> and that has to be absolutely present is the willingness to forgive. The marriages that kind of, you know, make it kind of long-term, they're willing to do that. Yeah. They're willing to yeah. forgive. Yeah. Walk us, is there like a framework or process if you were to like, you know, counseling couples through infidelity at 30,000 feet? Is is there like a a framework that you kind of have to, you know, you have to walk through with them simplified for us? Like, you know, first there's the initial blah, blah, blah. Then there's like this. Then at some point we have to go get to here. Like, is there anything like that, that you, um, you're laughing, but you know? <laughs> yeah. Every situation I have found is definitely different and unique, right? But everything I, that I've explained to you is kind of what I explained to couples right up front. Um, and I make it very clear to them that when this happens, it's, it's never just, it's, it's not as simple. It's just kind of one thing, you know? People are, you know, they're reacting to, they have made some awful choice, um, for a reason. Uh, idols are like that. You know, they look good from afar. You know, I, I often think of a, I often think of a, a, a title of a, a, a book the late Irma Bombeck wrote. You know, the, uh, the grass is always greener over the septic tank. Looks right. great over there. Looks wonderful over there. I've had many people um, that have have had that experience of it looked good at first, yeah. And then they're like, well, "Wait a minute! Now I want to leave both of these people. <laughs> like, how did I get both of these people in my life?" I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like if there's grass with um, sewage underneath the grass. <laughs> it's, that's you know, like you walk over there, it looks so good, and you're like, "Why am I sinking in this nastiness?" You know, exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. So appealing. Yep, it is. It is. Um, but I think that I have uh, that I find, and especially it's true of the the women that have been offended against. That if, if the guys have kind of gone off and, and had an affair, um, it's not. 100% true. I found in all cases, but usually I have found that she may need the gory details. And this is where the guys don't want to go. She may need to know everything, like everything. You know, her brain, you know, is going to fill in the gaps so she doesn't have all the pieces. And uh, this is where a lot of the guys kind of don't understand. They may, they may really kind of push back on it. Well, let, you know, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, being forgiven here. I'm like, well, that's 
her brain needs those pieces. You know, she needs, she doesn't compartmentalize like you guys, you know, she needs all of those things to be able to process that out, understand what's happened to begin to heal. You got to see all of that stuff. So that, that is kind of really important to kind of dissect it a lot like you would, uh, if there's a, if there's a crash of an airline, we may need to take a look at all of the parts and what, what's there. What happened? What were the factors that led to, that led to this? Okay. Yeah. And when you take a look at factors that leads to this, oh my goodness, there's plenty. There's no shortage of those. Oh. Uh, so, and I can yeah. list off several of those. If you want to get into that, how much time we have to get into that. But yeah, I, I'm just thinking like if there's, <clears throat> you know, important piece in healing after betrayal or infidelity is that look, what, you, what I hear you saying is if we don't have, because the, something that I don't think we talk about a lot is the grieving process involved yes. after there's been. Yeah a known affair or betrayal. So there's a grieving process to what was, what may never be, what, you know, there's different layers to that. And if we don't know, if if somebody doesn't have the opportunity to, to know maybe some of the things that they need, they feel they might want to know. um, There's like an, uh, maybe an inability to fully grieve without full knowledge of certain things. Perhaps it feels like you're saying, because if, and I, and I see this a lot in couples where there's, if there's anything left unknown or with a question mark, then how do they have closure to that? Correct. Right. And so I see that disclosure of information as providing a sort of means so that the other person, you know, can fully grieve well, yeah, that, and, and also yeah. they have to know what caused it, what led me to make this awful decision. Yes. Ultimately, what were the factors that led me to make this awful decision that I really did? Because if and they for, don't know what, they, how are you going to prevent it in the future? How yeah. are you going to do that in the future? What safeguards can you then put in place for your marriage to... Um, and you can never be certain that this is never going to, ever going to happen again, but you can be as safe as possible. Yes. 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 That's so good. I wrote down, you need to know the factors that led to it because if not, how do you know it won't happen? How will you know it won't happen again? Exactly. That leads to that feeling of safety. Right. Right. In regaining a level of trust. Right. Um, which is a whole process. Right. And that takes time. Right. How do you speak to a spouse? And then um, I know you have another um, session coming up, but how do you, if you could share, how do you speak to a spouse who wants to just move on? You know, the, typically the betrayer um, has a hard time and just wants to move past it, right? And just let's get back to where we were before. I said, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Why can't we be fine? You know, that kind of mentality. Like, I just want to move on. Why do we have to keep talking about this? Right, right. And that's our natural sin nature to want to do that, you know, for sure. Yeah. And, and that is a frustrating thing for, for a lot of uh, people. Um, 
I can hear that, especially from a lot of the guys. Well, am I not just forgiven? Gosh, we've been talking about this for like two years or three years or whatever it is. And yeah, I have some, there's some of those situations like that. It's like, well, have you ever really truly just laid it all out? Have you ever put all, have you really ever given them all of the gory details? Because that's a, ne- that's a necessity. I definitely find. Um, yeah. if you're looking to kind of heal for sure. Um, and, and it's tough, you know, at the, at the same time because of the, the, the counter reactions, what, what can happen is that, um, uh, you know, the offended against party too, there's a very natural, um, uh, reaction they can have of just closing themselves off. And I, and I can think of couples that I've, that I've worked with too in the past that, um, then have reacted just by closing themselves off. What's that going to create? Guess what that's going to lead to. So if I have like a scenario here, so I see plenty of guys, you know, out of the base. Okay. So there's this awful saying that I, that I've heard a lot, um, just in Navy circles, what happens on deployments stays on deployment. No, it doesn't. Don't lie. Mm. (laughs) You know? And so there's a lot of, you know, infidelity that does happen. Um, but you know, um, yeah, if, if there's not, you know, kind of an understanding again of the things that kind of led to that, what, what, you know, how do you, how do you know this is not going to happen again? Um, so we got to kind of understand a lot of, uh, you know, again, the factors that kind of led to the overall, uh, betrayal really in the first place. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there has to be that willing that both husband and wife want to go through that process. Obviously that's another thing that I think it's hard for some of us to admit anyone who's walked through that, you know, if you don't have a spouse who's willing to say, I'm willing to be 100% honest, vulnerable, yeah. transparent, and and give all I've got to make it right to to heal yeah. to move forward. Well, That's one, of the, really, yeah. one of the big things that I end up seeing it's it's funny how this really kind of comes back to the heart of the gospel uh, versus what I kind of see as a false gospel, um, which is a lot of that we see a lot of performance based mentality. Um, funny thing, even in our, uh, the people that, you know, we have coming through, you know, our, we sit, uh, you know, within church and during a Sunday, uh, are raised in families that basically the overall message is I'll love you only so long as I will love you if fill in the blank. Um, I, I will love you when fill in the blank. So we think about that. We have a lot of families around. A lot of us who are kind of raised in, in, you know, families like that. Really examine that from a biblical standpoint. What is that? Who does those describe? That's the Pharisees. That's the Pharisees. That's not the real gospel. That's not the real gospel. Okay. People who are constantly afraid, you know, that 
that they're going to not be loved because of some choices they make. This is why then they may not be disclosed. Because if I do, I know that, that you're just going to leave me anyway and there's, we're, we're done. Okay. Yeah. I know I can never be forgiven because I can never forget myself. Yeah. And this again is one of the tougher things that I kind of run into for sure mm. is that understanding of God's grace. One of the guys that I mean, I know that I, I personally like um, uh, as a theologian is the late uh, Brennan Manning. I use a lot of him in his, in his work. And uh, he really spent a lot of the, the time talking about, you know, the love and the grace of God, um, you know, understanding our Abba, Father's love and grace. And he said something very interesting um, that he believed that like kind of like healing our image of God and kind of who God is really brings a lot of healing to ourselves. Mm -hmm. The more we see, we look in God's mirror and who God really is, that does bring a lot of healing to ourselves and who we are. Yeah. The more we understand the real character of God, the more it's going to end up fixing kind of what's on the inside. Well, more we'll see ourselves clearly for who we really are. And others as well. And without that, without knowing that, being settled in that, receiving that, we will be tempted to do and go and look and find something else. Right. And that, that is really what it all comes down to. Yeah, it really does. And in fact, honestly, a lot of that kind of searching for all the idols, a lot of the things that we do, honestly, before we come to that, that true um, uh, saving relationship with Christ. Think about that. What what is all of that? In fact, it was just it was just shown. If you've seen the movie uh, Jesus Revolution, absolutely love it. Fantastic yeah. film. And um, you know the the actor who plays Lonnie Frisbee, he has this wonderful uh, wonderful um, you know scene there with uh, Kelsey Grammer who's playing Chuck Smith, and he's saying it's a quest. All of the drugs and the sex and all that stuff. It's a quest for God. He's right. He's right. Yeah. Yeah. This is what they're ultimately looking for. And nothing will fulfill that void in your heart apart from God. And yeah. I think this is a mistake that a lot of both husbands and wives make when we get into marriage. And again, this has to do with a lot of the priorities. We believe that our spouse is going to fill every gap. She's going to fulfill every gap. She's it's wonderful. She's just going to love me and, and, and make me feel good about myself. You know, she's my everything, my world. No, 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 no. I mean, she's wonderful and all that, but I, she's not perfect. And he's not perfect. <laughs> you know, that's why, you know, you need the Lord, you know, to empower you to love and care for this person. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of a, uh, an interesting uh, uh, Focus on the Family broadcast I heard a while ago here with Daryl and Tracy Strawberry. Maybe you've heard it yourself. Fantastic um, uh, podcast. Uh, I highly recommend people listening to it. Um, and there was a moment that, um, that Tracy uh, she had with the Lord, she was crying out to the Lord and all of the things that Daryl was doing, 
oh my goodness, he was womanizing, he was into drugs, you know, he was in financial debt. There's all these things that he was doing and he was sending up a big time storm. Okay. And admittedly, and she's just crying out to God, she's exasperated. And God says to her really clearly, the Holy Spirit said to her really clearly, stop focusing on Daryl. I'll take care of Daryl. You leave Daryl to me. You and I, we have something wrong in our relationship. You focus yeah. on me. You put your whole heart towards me. You pursue me with your whole heart. You leave him up to me. Yeah. And it was interesting hearing then, because of course, Daryl is in the interview with, with, <laughs> with them. And yeah. he got to see what that was like on a day in a day out basis. Cause the, then of course, Jim Dale is asking, well, what's that like? Well, he got to see this woman. How you doing, hon? The joy of the Lord was really her strength. Yeah. What's going on? Who's she, who is she giving up in the morning with? Why is she so yeah. joyful? Why is she so happy? Yeah. Because legitimately she was pursuing God with all her heart. And that was infectious to Daryl. Enough that he was like, I want with my wife's God. Yeah. It was powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I, that's I even say to wives, like, look, and even to, or to even to husbands also, like, you make changes. Even if one of you makes changes, it has a, an effect. It can have an effect on the whole marriage. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so good, Todd. Oh, we just, I thank you. You're I think welcome. we need to have like a part two, three, four, because I think we could dive. I have like so many more questions, but um, just thank you for spending time with us. Would you please pray over the wives and their marriages? Absolutely. Us? Absolutely. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for this time that we've had. Oh, Lord. Just to speak about these things that that lead, uh, Lord, to, of course, infidelity and betrayal. Lord, what you, of course, want, Lord, is fidelity. You want, Lord, uh, to have our, our hearts, Lord, devoted, Lord, wholeheartedly to you and, Lord, to the spouse that you have, uh, that you have given us, oh, Lord. And I just pray that you would just help touch, Lord, the lives of all of those wives and husbands, Lord, who have been touched by, uh, by infidelity, betrayal, Lord, and just bring healing to them, oh Lord, just bring healing and understanding and reconciliation to all of those marriages. We pray, um, all of this, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Todd. Appreciate your time and your work. And um, ladies, thank you for being with us. Um, if you need anything, you know you can always email us at info at a wife like me. You need a Bible, you need some support, just let us know. Uh, and check out all of the links in the show notes to see everything we've talked about today and to find Todd um, as well. So thank you so much uh, for being with us. And we will be back next time. Thank you. Thank you.